Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness to pray and to rest before he began his public ministry. This year during Lent, join Pastor Hook to pray and rest as we learn about our calling to be a life-changing connection to Christ in our world. This is episode 24 of A Life-Changing Connection. And again, this is our our 40-week journey through Lent of prayer and Bible study to look at various things as our church considers reopening. And I think the date we've set is November 7th to kind of launch into the community. But the way I look at things and the vaccines, I think it's probably going to happen a lot sooner than that as far as you know, people feeling more comfortable coming back to a congregation if, you know, if they've been staying away because of the, of the COVID. And so, um, but that doesn't mean that we can't uh, use this period of time and have a big launch into the community in November, which is kind of what the plan is, because it will take some time to organize the groups and retrain and reconfigure and figure out how to use the sanctuary with the new space and where do we put all the ministries and Sunday morning, what does it look like and all that sort of thing. So that's that's kind of what we're going to be doing between now and November. But the purpose of this Bible study, this 40 days of Lent, is to, to, to remind ourselves that Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness in prayer before he launched his public ministry. He, he, before he went that three-year journey, he stopped, he spent time with God, an incredible amount of time, 40 days of fasting and prayer in the wilderness to prepare himself to fast to get ready to to do the thing that God had called him to do, which was to call disciples, train them, die, rise again, ascend, and let the disciples carry on with the mission, which was to go and make disciples. So it that's so this whole 40 day of prayer is that. It's 40 days just to stop and to spend time with God. We've we've looked at a bunch of different things about our mission, our vision, discipleship. Um, but today I want to talk about, I want to talk about prayer. If this is a 40-day journey of prayer, let's spend some time just discussing what prayer is, how Jesus used prayer. And so for that reason, we're going to, we're just going to go look at a couple Bible verses. And um, the first Bible verse we're going to look at is after Jesus heals the leper. I just want to look at this real quick. It's from Luke 5, 15 through 56. So after Jesus healed, then the news about him spread. This is verse 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So we have this image of Jesus in the New Testament, and it's all throughout the New Testament. This is just one example of it. But we have this image of Jesus of oftentimes going into lonely places or going into the wilderness or going someplace to pray. And then he would come out of the prayer and he would work. And then he would go back into the place and pray. And then he would spend time in prayer. And then he would go back out into the community with the crowds and he would pray. And we have this vision of Jesus of it's almost like, do I want to say a pendulum? I guess I could say a pendulum. 
where there's times where he's simply isolated, alone. He might be with the disciples or maybe he's not with the disciples. He's by himself uh, resting, praying, spending time with God. And then he comes out of that and he does all this incredible work of healing and traveling and, and doing the work with the crowds and all that sort of thing. I don't know if you're an introvert or an extrovert, but even if you're an introvert or an extrovert, being followed around by a crowd, I think would be overwhelming. I, I don't know if I'm an uh, according to the Myers-Briggs, I am a ENTJ, ENFJ, I can't remember, but the, I know I'm an E, that, that whenever I've taken the test, I'm an E. E means you're an extrovert. I means you're an introvert. Extroverted people, when they're around crowds, they, they derive energy from the crowd. And I is that they lose energy when they're in a crowd. That's kind of the basic definition between an introvert and extrovert. But I am an extrovert, but even uh, as an extroverted person, when I'm around people way, way, way too much, I still, for whatever reason, I, I don't have enough energy. I mean, it works for a while, but then after a while, I just, I don't, it, I become an introvert. Perhaps that's maybe, maybe I have extroverted tendencies, but then at some point I just have to get away from the crowd and rest and recharge my batteries, do things that recharge my batteries. And I'm sure Jesus was probably neither an introvert or extrovert. He both he used both of those. When he needed to be an extrovert, he was an extrovert to the people. And when he needed to spend time with God, he went and spent time with God in prayer. So I think you see this image of Jesus just swinging back and forth using the energy that he needs for the moment. Because you can't keep extroverted energy up forever. And introverted energy, at some point you have to come out of your bubble, <laughs> out of your shell, out of your lonely place and interact with other people. After all, we all are social creatures. And so maybe it's a matter of how much introverted and extroverted you are. Anyway, I don't know. But the bottom line is this, is that Jesus had this rhythm in his life where he would spend time with God in prayer uh, and then he would go out with the people and he would spend time with God in prayer and he'd go out with the people. And I believe that part of our calling as a Christian is to kind of do the same thing. I believe part of discipleship is for us to spend time with God and, and then learn from that, be filled from that, and then go out into the world and do the things that God's called us to do. I believe that's the rhythm of a disciple of Jesus. It's this rhythm of prayer and then practice. Maybe that's a good way to say prayer and praxis. Praxis is doing in the Greek, prayer and praxis. Well, and uh, the Greek word for prayer is prosukomai. So it's prosukomai and praxis. Maybe that's the double P on that. Um, and and what, is, what is prayer? I mean, that is a big question, right? Most people have a very, very um, maybe limited, stunted, I don't know. Uh, 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 in, in prayer, we're taught or have been taught that prayer is, um, I don't know if you've ever been taught prayer as acts, A-C-T-S, which is the A stands for adoration, C stands for confession, T stands for thanksgiving, and S is supplication. And supplication is the requests that we have for God. So that is a, a common way of teaching prayer, that we come in 
to prayer, we adore God and then we confess our sins to God and then we thank God for all of his blessings in our life and then we come to him with supplication. And that's not bad because at least it's laying out that prayer is not just simply supplication. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread is kind of later in the prayer. There's other things before it and the the Lord's Prayer is the one that Jesus taught us. So, um, but prayer is more than that. Prayer is like in 40 days of prayer, what was Jesus doing for 40 days? Or when he went into the wilderness or went up onto the mountaintop and he spent time with God. I mean, I think the limited understanding is that we go to God when only when we need things. Like somebody's sick and so we go to God in prayer. We make a prayer for that person and then, then we're done, right? Or if we feel like we should do more than that, we might spend a minute or two in prayer with God and asking for that, and then we and we get out of it. Um, and and that's even reinforced in our worship services, right? In our worship services, we only have a limited time of prayer, and it's probably five percent at most of the worship service. So we don't even spend a lot of time in our worship services in prayer. Although you could say that much of the other stuff that unfolds. Um, the worship service is, you know, is in some form prayer. Music can be prayer. Singing can be prayer. Liturgy can be prayer. Um, reading, reading scripture could be prayer uh, at some level. Um, but definitely the whole worship service is prayer. I mean, because the whole worship service is modeling spending time with God in the presence of God, giving to him and receiving from him uh, in this relationship that we have with God. And I guess I want to just focus on that because prayer that Jesus talked about or that Jesus modeled, I don't think was just supplication. I just don't think, I mean, that, there's no way. I mean, that's not, once you've prayed for somebody in their specific situation, you're kind of done with it. Prayer is a relationship with God. Prayer is being in the presence of God and, and having this one-on-one relationship with Him. If you love somebody, tremendously love somebody, what do you want to do? You want to spend time with them morning, noon, and night. No, morning, noon, and night. And this is what we do, right? When you first, let's say you just meet somebody for the first time and, and you are able to, uh, you know, have a relationship. Do you remember what it was like for those of you that are married, the first time you met the person that you married and, and you asked him on a, you know, asked him out on a date and you went out on a date and you had this great time together and you just loved it. And all you wanted to do uh, is spend time with that person. You couldn't wait to get out of work so you could go spend time or get out of school so you could spend time with that person or whatever so you could spend time. Just spending time with the person that you love is one of the most beautiful, wonderful images of prayer because I think that's what God wants us to cultivate is this idea of simply kind of turning off the world and turning off everything else and just being in his presence with him and focusing on him and loving him and having him love you and just being in this relationship. This idea of um, 
Jesus going out into the wilderness to do 40 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, the fasting part probably happened because a lot of 2,000 years ago, a lot of your time was spent on trying to uh, cook food, eat food, or whatever. And so if you could actually put the food portion away, you could actually just spend all your time, 100% of your time with God. Today, food is everywhere. And we eat, many people eat three meals a day. Um, I actually don't eat three meals a day. I eat one meal a day. And one of the blessings of that in my life, aside from the incredible scientific uh, health benefits of reducing the number of meals you eat a day or reducing uh, the, the window in which you eat meals, which we probably won't even get into, but there's a tremendous amount of medical blessings from that, medical benefit from that, is that I don't have to, I don't have to cook, I don't have to clean, <laughs> I don't have to prepare, I don't have to purchase food. I mean, just all of that, if I can concentrate my meals in one meal, then I am able to use my breakfast and lunchtime for other things. And uh, it does add a tremendous amount of time to your day if you don't have to eat breakfast and lunch, which is what I do. I'm not saying you have to do that, but I'm just telling you what I do. Um, and so I think that Jesus going out of the wilderness and fasting and prayer, he basically spent, he didn't have to worry about food. He just, he just was in prayer and that's what he did and spent 40 days, but he did not spend 40 days in supplication or asking God for things. He spent 40 days being in the presence of God. It was called 40 days of wilderness of prayer. Um, but he, he was, prayer was not just asking for things. It was being in the presence of God. It was, there's a lot of different things that a lot of different people do in prayer. And, and, um, for example, the prayer book of the Bible is the Psalms. So one of the ways that you can spend time with God in prayer is simply reading through the Psalms. And I don't mean just reading through them and, you know, closing the book and being done with it. I mean really doing what the what the early, you know, Jewish people did was they would they would tie it on their, you know, they would tie it on their chins and put it in phylacteries and and they would be surround themselves with the word of God and they would meditate it on meditate it meditate on it day and night and man what if you could have the blessing of knowing the psalms and or reading the psalms and just meditating day and night on the psalms and letting God fill you with his word and with his presence and like reading a psalm and then simply sitting and reflecting on what that psalm means in your life. And, um, and then reflecting on the things that you're doing in your life. And how could you let that psalm order and direct your prayer life in the way of the things that you need to do in life. Um, now Jesus was getting ready to go out into the wilderness to... Uh, Jesus was coming out of the wilderness to save the world. So he, he had a lot of things on his mind when he, was, when he was spending this time with God. And it's not just, I think one of the things that we, as modern Western Christians, is that we, we, we have this view that prayer is simply presenting our requests to God and he's just going to say yes, no, or not yet, right? I mean, that, that's, 
that's so we we sit down we pray to god uh, this is my request and lord please grant this request or you know and when we wait for the answer to that request we even keep prayer journals you know told to t- to keep prayer journals is did god answer your prayer yes no or maybe that kind of thing but if that's all prayer is for you that is not all that prayer is because prayer is also spending time with God. It's, it is basically doing as Jesus did, going out into a lonely place. Um, it could be going into a room by yourself and spending time with him, or it could be going like I do, going out into the wilderness, seeing his beauty of his creation and just letting him fill me with his love and his peace and his comfort and his joy. Uh, even when I'm not praying, He's still filling me with all those things that he offers to us. Um, because even if you look um, at the Lord's Prayer, right? Uh, well, let's let's look at the Lord's Prayer. I have it right here. Jesus said, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, Close the door and pray to the Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I think when we say he will reward you, we, we immediately interpret, or at least maybe when I, I was reading this earlier, I would interpret it as God will answer your prayer, yes. <laughs> um, but that's not the reward that Jesus is talking about. When Jesus went into the wilderness, he was being filled by God and God was rewarding him by filling him with more of his spirit and his presence and the knowledge that just the sure knowledge that yes you are my beloved child I love you I know this is going to be a difficult journey for you this three years but don't worry I'm with you I, I will be with you every step of the way and the more you develop and cultivate this relationship of prayer with with God the more he does fill you and reward you with this just sense of knowing and presence that you are in the kingdom, that he loves you, that he fills you with everything. If if more people, eh, let, me, let me put it this way. When I was younger and working as an engineer, I don't really talk about these days very much, but when I was an engineer, and I, and I worked for an engin- as an engineer for about 20 years, maybe a little bit more. But for about 20 years of my life, I was a civil engineer working as many, many, many people do in this world. You get up, you go to work, you come home, you spend some time with the family, you sleep, you get up, you go to work, come, and then the weekend comes and you try to get all the stuff done that you need to in the weekend because many, many people uh, work in jobs or careers that aren't just necessarily eight to five jobs, which is something I had. I was not an eight to fiver. I was I was a much, much, much more than eight to five. Um, a typical work week for me was 50, 55 hours, I guess is probably something like that, which you can do. I mean, it's not, it's not hard. You just get to work a little bit later, earlier, uh, and you might have to go in a couple times in the weekend. And very, very many, 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 many of you have had those kinds of careers where it's just part of the career path to do that. Um, and so I would, uh, when it came to prayer, it's like, who's got time for prayer? I'll pray on Sunday. Uh, who's got time for Bible study? I, We would do devotions, but you know, the thing about devotions, typically in the evening, you know, at the dinner table, certainly not a morning devotion, um, 
but it was it was uh, you know after dinner and very quick and very I mean it was good don't get me wrong but you know you're also thinking about all the other things that you've got to do in the world because dinner you know takes up this much time and work takes up this much time you only have this little time to do other things and so my I would say that my devotional prayer life was very very stunted it was there but it was very very stunted because I lived in this very very fast paced world of got to get it done, got to get it done. I got to get all these things done. I mean, there's so much to do and there's and there's so little time. And so prayer is just a little, little minuscule portion of my life. But being, that is not a healthy way to live. Let me just put it that way. It's not a healthy way to live. It's not the way that God wants us to live. God wants us to spend more time with him in prayer. What does that mean? Well, in order to spend more time with him in prayer, we have to give up other things. And and so you have to really do say, okay, balancing, what am I going to, I can't give up. I mean, I have to work these hours, right? I have to get these things done. I have to spend time with the family. I have to spend time eating and all that sort of thing. But if there's a way that you could at least start into, and and this isn't necessarily at the dinner table. I mean, if, if all you get is the dinner table, I'm very grateful that you do that. But if, but as you get older, maybe it's a morning prayer. Maybe it's a morning devotion and, and a prayer to begin your morning, just to, to let God guide and direct your, your morning. We might listen to a devotion or you might read a devotion or you might read a scripture passage and, and then reflect upon that scripture passage. But I think part of prayer is just getting rid of the busyness and the clutter and the noise of life and just stopping and maybe reading, but then just letting your heart calm down, letting your life calm down, letting the presence of God fill you with what he has in your life, and then letting him order and direct what you're going to do for the for the rest of the day. And maybe there's stuff that you're doing for the rest of the day that isn't necessarily necessary. Um, when you first plant a church, you are, you are hit with a fire hose. You are completely hit with a fire hose. There is no way you could work 24-7 for three years and not be able to get to half of the stuff that's required when you first, you know, start organizing a church and um and it is overwhelming and it's it you know and in retrospect probably a lot of this stuff i was doing was just unnecessary and probably some of the stuff i should have been doing is just basically saying okay god what is it you have for me that you want me to do and spending that time with god letting him guide and direct my thoughts and and helping me really direct okay what's important in life what's not important in life what, what are the five main things that you absolutely must get done out of me today? And let's make sure we get those done. And then let's do all the extraneous stuff that probably doesn't matter, that, you, that I think is important, but maybe it's not important. Let's just put that off for another day. But the most important thing, Lord, is just spending time with you, clearing out the noise and the clutter and refreshing me filling me with so much of you that I'm ready and prepared to do the day, not only do the day, but do it with efficiency and clarity and meaningfulness and purpose and just get those things done. And then um, then at the end of the day, I thank you for helping me get through those things. And then I praise you for that. And I rest and I wake up in the morning. You know, part of the, 
I'll just end with this. Part of our world today is that we have created this whole idea of work as eight to five. And uh, that's unfortunate because, because there are many, many people that can work for a period of time, but then they need rest, uh, you know, a good chunk of rest, of, of a shutdown time, rest. Um, for me, I actually, <laughs> I have done this my whole working, even when I was a civil engineer, I did this. Don't ask me how, but I've always been blessed to live very close to where I worked. So at lunchtime, I would go home, uh, eat a quick lunch, and then I would take a 15-minute nap. Uh, and then I would go back to work and I was so refreshed. I mean, everybody else around me was like just drained or they would drink coffee or whatever, but not me. I was just filled with energy. It's amazing what a 15-minute nap will do for the second half of your day. And so I learned that one on very, very early uh, and very, very, very blessed to be able to do that and that nobody would, <laughs> would laugh at me because I was home, right? Um, and... Uh, and even if I would uh, go out to lunch with somebody, I'd really kind of sneak at home and take a 15-minute nap. Um, it's just it's just something I was able to work into my life, and now I can't live without it because it's uh, because it's such an important part of my life. And people think I'm crazy, I know, but and and they do say there's medical benefits of it. But for me, it's just the benefit of getting away from work for just a little bit, kind of stopping and relaxing, and then moving forward to the rest of your day. And the same thing is true with prayer. The prayer should be, we shouldn't be so busy that we just can't find for prayer, time for prayer. Um, eh, I'm going way, way too long. So I'm going to, I'm going to close it here and we'll, we'll continue on this discussion. We'll have spent a couple days on prayer and then we'll, we'll go to our next topics. But would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, help us to slow down and to reflect on your words and on you and fill us with more of you and less of me so that we can be the people that you've called us to be in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.